speaking of next step, we're going to title our next series, this series, Going to the Other Side. I'm so excited about that. Looking forward to that. We're going to have a good time. Let me just give you some good news real quick out of the gate. We had our first men's fraternity meeting this past Thursday night. Men's fraternity, 33 series, gathering the men together, challenged them to be better men, better fathers, better husbands. We had 47, almost 50 guys there come on this last week. It was like we were bringing out tables, chairs. We couldn't find enough room. It was amazing. We're so excited about this. Thank you, ladies, for making your husbands go. Appreciate that so much. They were there. I want you to know they were there. Also, we crossing the Freedom started launched this week as well, and they had a great, great turnout as well. All the small groups are just exploding, going well, and so so excited about what God is doing in our church and building community and people getting to know one another and they didn't know each other before and they're starting to realize, hey man, this is I can do life together with someone on the same journey as I am, and that's so encouraging. And so I just want to say thank you to that to, to all those that are just jumping out, involved in the small groups, and you can still get plugged into small groups at any time. Just go to the website, go to our app, and uh, just go to the small groups. Uh, a little tag there, and we'll uh, we'll connect you. So, well, I don't know if you heard about um, the young man. He he uh, was going to make a flight, and he happened to sit down next to this very young, attractive lady. And and uh, as he was talking with her, he found out that she was single. And uh, so he's like, "Man, I, she's single, and I'm single, and man, this is amazing." And so he said, "Well, what what kind of guy are you attracted to? Just curious. Just 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 you know, what want to know?" And, she thought about it for a second. She goes, you know what? I, I, I'm really attracted to like American Indian guys. You know, they're, they're like high cheekbones, strong chin, you know, just long black hair and always muscular. And, but then again, I, I kind of like Jewish guys too because they're really good with their money and uh, seem to have this financial acumen about them. And I, I kind of like them as well. But then again, I, I kind of like Southern guys as well because they're just, you know, values and love their family and a lot of integrity and they love the outdoors and doing things. And so, yeah, I guess that's what, that's what I'm attracted to. And she goes, oh, by the way, I, I didn't get a chance to catch your name. What's your name? And he thought for a second, he goes, well, my name is uh, Geronimo Bernstein, but my friends call me Bubba. <laughs> I'm just covering all the bases right there, baby. <laughs> I'm your guy. Awesome. Well, hey, here's some good news this morning I want to give you. Did you know that 20 months ago today, we started Summit Church? 20 months ago today. Come on, isn't that amazing? 20 months ago. And we are like looking down the finish line. We can see the end in sight. It won't be long until we'll be on, we'll be on County Road 20, or 12. Excuse me, and we're going to have a good time there on County Road 12, just in our new building. And so continue to pray for the team as they continue to build and work and everything. And you know how it gets, you know, the, closer to the deadline, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of, a lot of things you got to navigate through. So be praying that uh, they continue with strength and encouragement from your prayers. And we appreciate that very much. But for, for all this time, we've basically, my wife says, been camping. Uh, that, that's what her term is. We're just camping right now. But soon we're going to be back in our own bed. I'm, I'm going to like that. That's why I like camping, but not like your own bed. Come on, somebody. And, and uh, we're going to be in our own bed and having a wonderful time doing that and kind of figuring that out. And, and uh, it won't be long. But so basically what we're in right now is a season of transition. 
We're in a season of transition. The question I have for you this morning is how, how good are you at transitions? How good are you at transition? Now, Pastor Kim's going to be coming this Wednesday. I encourage you to be here for Bible study at 6.30. He's going to talk some more about transitions. But, but I believe that God always, always uh, wants you to approach transitions in a way that he wants you to approach them. You know, we, can, we can always find ways to make transitions, but we, how many know God has a way of making it right? God, there's, a, there's a God way and then there's your way. <laughs> you, you can transition the way you want, and if you typically do that, you're going to find it doesn't work that well. God has a way of transitioning well. Transitions are very important. My, my family, our house, we finally have new floors in our house. After six months of walking on concrete after the Hurricane Sally, we finally have new floors. For us, we're just excited about having a floor. I mean, I, I don't care about much, you know, but I, I found that, 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 that floors are nice. And, and, and so we were so excited and it looks nice. And we're, we're just like, wow, we, we've got painted walls now. We've got floor. And, uh, and the flooring guys, they're doing the best of their job. They said, listen, we don't know what happened, but they forgot to give us the transition strips. They didn't come in the order. And I'm like, oh, so what does that mean? I mean, well, we can't finish the floor. It's going to take a couple more weeks. And so, so you have this beautiful, you know, LVP floor buttoned up against this mar, you know, this, uh, not marble, um, um, tile floor. Thank you, sweetheart. And, and you got this little strip like that. I'm like, you know, duct tape will work fine. You know what I'm saying? Like, we'll pull out the duct tape. It works for everything. And uh, my wife's like, I'm not having it. And so... So he said, well, I'll tell you, what, I'll go to Lowe's and see if we can find something close. Yeah, okay. So she was gone. He comes back with some samples. He's putting them down. I said, yeah, that'll work. And, uh, and, and about that time, he's getting ready to go cut it. She comes in, uh, and, she, and, he go, and he, like a smart man, he says, oh, ma'am, this is what your husband picked. And she goes, what? <laughs> no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So we're still waiting for the transition strips to come in. And... But transition, how do you handle transitions? I mean, how, how good did you do when um, transition in that Sally when you lost your power, you know, and you had no, you had no electricity for some of you for many days? I mean, how, did, did you do pretty good? Were you, were you fun to be around? Yeah. <laughs> when you hadn't had a shower for five days? How did you handle that? You know, you got your matted hair and you're smelly and all that kind of thing. Were you, were you friendly? Were you kind? How have you handled dealing with insurance adjusters in the last six months? Come on, somebody. <laughs> have you been that very generous, kind, thoughtful person? Or have you been, like, glad we're not there in the room with you as you're talking to them? Come on. What? <laughs> How do you handle transitions? A little murmuring, maybe a little grumbling, short of patience. Well, transitions, here's the good news, can be fun, but they can be challenging, no doubt about it. I was, um, <laughs> I was doing a little thought about this. You know, some of you guys don't know what this is, but there is a, there's also a method of traveling in a car where you use a gear shift. Now, now a lot of people don't know that in these days, but there, there's a thing called gear shift, and, and, and it's important that when you're using the gear shift that, 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 that you hit the right shift, you know, I have to be careful about this word. Um, you have to hit it just right 
or you're going to, if you miss it, listen, I, a, F1, a Formula One race car drivers, period, they're constantly making shifts during the course of the race. And I, I did a little research. They found out that one lap of a typically, typical Formula One racetrack, they, the race car driver shifts 70 times in one lap. One lap. That com comes close to almost 4,000 shifts <laughs> in a race. That's a lot of changing gears. You know what I'm saying? That is a lot. And no wonder they're worn out at the end of the race. No wonder they're like, give me some milk. You know, I got to have some milk. I got some, some energy. I, they're worn out. They, they just, every turn, every twist, they're just moving this thing around. And one bad shift could actually cause them to lose the race. You can't afford to miss one transition, one bad move, and it's over, and you will have lost and come in second, third, or maybe not even placed in the race. It's important that we make good transitions. I was taking a girl for a dad, just turned 16. I'm so excited. I had all these dreams of, of what a great date would look like, and my parents had a, a Jeep at that time, so I took the top off the Jeep, and I called up the preacher's daughter and asked her if I could take her out on a date. The problem is she lived, she said yes, and, and she lived on the main street of our little town, our farm town, and, and it was the only town, a street that was really ever busy, and, and quite a bit of traffic on that little street, and, and so I pulled in, she got in, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking that this has got to be the ideal date right here, a Jeep, no top on, come on, you know, a good-looking guy, going to go on a date, and uh, she's got it made, and uh, I, I, I put, the, put it in reverse, and I, 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 I popped that clutch and about broke her head and snapped her neck. She went back like that, and I got out. I got out in the middle of the road. Well, now I'm blocking both lanes, and for some reason, I could not find first gear. I had that clutch all the way in, and I was just grinding that thing. I was just, and she's. I look over, and she's like this. We got traffic lined up both sides. I'm just trying to find. Finally, I found it, and I just popped that clutch again. And her head goes back, and. It was, I don't remember anything about that date other than that she didn't go with me another time. That was it. And I never took that Jeep on a date again. <laughs> because you got to have a smooth transition. You got to have a smooth transition. You just got to have it. Oh, man, I want to, I'll tell you what, why don't we just do, do, a, do a little a song here this morning. Amanda, can we sing, uh, before we go any further, can we sing that, that old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? How many know that, that old song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus? Can we, can we all sing that together? Come on, let's sing it. Amanda, help me out. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely in the light of his glory and grace. Come on, let's sing it again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His 
a good hand. Would you do that? Come on. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. You think, well, why would we sing a crazy hymn in the middle of a message? Because what we just did was we made a key change. I don't know if you noticed that, but we started in the key of C and then we went to the key of D and, and we just went boom, boom, and we just had a little key change and you didn't even realize it because the man is so good and you're great singers. <laughs> and we made a key change. Key changes are important. In a song, if you're gonna, and you got to do them well. You got to make transitions well in life. You have to make transitions well. We're going to talk about for just a few minutes about some transitions that even in the Old Testament they were they made and how they did. I believe that if we can handle transitions well, God can do some great things. Some people are afraid of transitions. I was um, talking with a guy. I would I'd been knowing this man for quite a while. He was in our um, men's shelter that I ran in the East Coast, and he was doing quite well. And, and it came time for him to get out on his own. And, and, um, and I, I just could tell that he just wasn't, he didn't feel comfortable about it. And, and, uh, but anyway, the time came, and, and uh, we got him a place to live and a job and all that. And, and before long, I found out he was back in jail. And I went to visit him, and and sure enough, he had, he had robbed a, a convenience store and been caught and uh, was in jail and was going to be there for quite a while. And I just said, bro, you were doing so well. And what, what happened? What happened? And you know what he said to me? He says, JP, I'll be honest with you. I was just scared. I was scared of being on my own. I, I'm not used to, I'm used to being in prison my whole life. And to me, it's a lot easier to live in prison than it is to live on my own. It was easier for me to... To go and I, I'm so familiar with the prison lifestyle that, that I, I was more comfortable there than being on my being having my own place and experiencing freedom. That's sad, isn't it? It's sad for us to come to a place where we're afraid of a transition, we're afraid of making even a change because we're so familiar with what we've been around at this time. You know, but we're going to go through transitions. Newlyweds go through transitions. Young married people go through transitions talking with my daughter. She was down here for a few days this past week. We were talking last night. Well, how's the transition been? How how you doing okay? Yeah, yeah, we're doing great. We're doing... And uh, I did kind of have to sleep on the couch one night. I mean, I just... <laughs> but I didn't. I went back to bed, but we were mad, and but we worked it out, and I said, oh, so, so, so you have reality setting in already, right? It's happening. You're figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, transitions, right? Transitions come in life, uh, like job promotions. And are you ready for it? Can I handle it? And am, am I the man for this job? I'm thankful for the promotion, but am I up to it? Maybe adopting a child. How many, how many know that's a transition? How many two blended families coming together, trying to figure it out? That's a transition. There's all sorts of transitions, moving to a new city, going to a new school, the death of a parent, the death of a close person that you know, a transition, you're trying to work it out. How do you handle these transitions in your life? Let's read about in the Old Testament, uh, the book of Joshua, 
And, and we're going to read about the Israelites getting ready to make a massive transition after spending 40 years in the wilderness. Let's just read a few moments and then we'll just unpack it the time we have left. And after the death of Moses, the Lord's servant, the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant. And he said to Joshua, Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, the time has come. Don't you love that? How many know in God there is a time? There are times. You got to get the right time. You may have the right move, but if you don't have the right time to match the right move, you're going to get everything mixed up. Everything's going to, it's not going to work out. You got to, and, and God, he hears God say, now is the time. Now is the time for the next step, for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I am giving them. Can I just say this to you this morning, that God has some things that he wants to give you. Because he's a good father. He's not a, he's not a child abuser. He wants to give you good things. My wife is always coming home. And she has, I, where you been? Well, I was, I was shopping. What did what, you buy? Oh, I bought our granddaughter some more clothes. I mean, she, what did you buy you? I didn't buy me anything. What did you buy me? I didn't, buy, I didn't get you anything. But we, I'm buying our granddaughter some new clothes. And, and she, she loves buying things for our grandchild, and forget our children, just our grandchild. That's all. That's all. <laughs> you know, how many grandparents know you're talking about? We just flat out told our kids, we love you, but not like this grandchild. No, I was just... But God has some things he wants to give you. And, and, and do, do you believe that? And do you really truly in your heart embrace the fact that God has desires that he wants to give you? He's, he, he, wants to, he wants to bless you. And he says this, I promise you what I promised Moses. I'm, I'm going to promise you, Joshua, the same thing I promised Moses. Let me say it like this. There's some things that you and I are going to experience in this next season of our lives that was actually promised to those that have gone before us that really you didn't have anything to do with, but it's the, the prayers of your faithful grandma or your faithful grandfather or those even before them that God promised to them and now is going to allow us to begin to walk in those things that they've been praying for, but yet they probably never saw. They've been praying for things like we're about to walk into, that God would raise up even a church, even yet in this community, where God would do some mighty things, where drug addicts would be delivered from drugs, and the trap of bitterness and anger and jealousy, insecurity would drop off of people through courses that we throw out called Crossing to Freedom here, that there would be news, good news brought into the prisons through things like the Kairos ministry that we're doing here and other things that we're working with with the sheriff and a church that would enter into God's presence and allow the glory of God to surround, surround us in such a way that it breaks off every chain. And then a church that, that makes God big in the earth and, and it makes us feel like that we are truly loved by this great God, that we're not insignificant people. We have been, we're getting ready to walk into and have already been enjoying, enjoying the fruits of people that we have not even know that have been praying and laying the groundwork for us to walk into. It is now the time. Come on, church. It is now the time for us to begin to walk into that which was promised to Moses before. Come on, somebody, give God some praise. 
He says, now wherever you set your foot, get this, wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I've given you. Man, if we would just walk around with that thought in our minds, in our hearts, and embrace that and lean into that thought that, 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 that South Alabama has been given to us, that there are thousands of people that, that are already a part of this church that are just waiting for the good news to approach them of Jesus Christ. I did a little research and found out that, you know, if you, you take Gulf Shores and Orange Beach and Foley and, and Robertsdale, and you put all those uh, numbers together, you come around 45,000 people. You add all the other people in Magnolia Springs, Lily and Alberta, all these other places, and out in the country, who knows? You're probably 60, 60 70,000 people. So when people say, how big is your church? I say 60,000 people. Really, 60,000? I say, oh yeah, they just don't know it yet. They just don't know it. We have a few that know it, but not everyone yet, but we're, we're working on that. I believe that everywhere we go, the Lord has given us that, play, that, that land. This is our land. And we are the people for this land. We've inherited, it's been passed down to us from Moses and now to us, Joshua, and God's saying, this is the right time, and this is the right place, and these are the right people, this is the right opportunity, and I'm the right God, and you're going to enter into the place that I've prepared for you. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. So he says, so here's what I'm going to say to you, Joshua. Here's what you need to know. Be strong and courageous. For you are the one who will lead these people to possess the land I swore to their ancestors. I will give them, that, that I would give them. Again, second time, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions that Moses gave, gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning to the, to the right or to the left. And then you will be successful in everything you do. Study the book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night. So, you, so you'll be sure to obey everything written in it. And only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Again, the third time. How many know when God says one thing is important? Two, you better take notes three times. Hello. Be strong. Be strong. Be strong. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Why? For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The word strength, get this, is it means the capacity to withstand great force or pressure. See, we want to live a pressure-free life. But where God's leading us, oh, this is good news for you. Where God is leading us is going to be a place where we're going to experience great force and pressure. It's not going to always be a bed of roses. Listen, whenever God's kingdom advances against the kingdoms of darkness, we are facing forces, the forces, the Bible says, of darkness. And so he says to Joshua, listen, this isn't going to be a walk in the park. I need you to rise up, and I need you to be strong, son, because you're going to come against resistance. We're going to have resistance as some a church, as the body of Christ, as a believer, as maybe a sole believer in your family or a, a, a one of the few believers in the business that you're at. You're going to come against resistance. My friend, be encouraged and be strong and courageous. Courageous means what? The ability to do something that frightens me. If you're not scared, you're probably not in the will of God. 
If it doesn't look impossible, you're probably not in the will of God. If you're not feeling pressure, you're probably not in the will of God. Aren't you glad you signed up to be a born-again Christian, Ron? I'm like, I'm loving this right here. God has set us up. But here's the good news. The good news is God is with us. And with God, all things are what? Are possible. All things are possible. I want to give you really quick this morning six things that transition means. Six things that transmissions, transitions (laughs) means. Number one, transition means, if I'm facing transition, that I have outgrown what I'm accustomed to. How many here have some clothes in your closet that you don't really wear anymore? Come on, guys, if you still got those trousers from the prom in your high school? <laughs> that little 28 waist that you used to have? Come on. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm, I'm, not even, I'm not even prophesying. I'm just saying you're not going to wear those anymore. <laughs> you need to pass those babies on. Come on, ladies. How many got some blouses, some, some dresses? Come on. You, you look at it and you go, boy, I, I remember that dress. I remember I, I used to look like... Uh, you wore sweatpants so long, you can't, you can't remember what it looks like to wear a dress. I know I'm in trouble here, but come on. It's time to make some transitions. Quit trying to wiggle into that thing. It's too, it's too, it's too tight. It's not right. A baby in a womb. There comes this point, I mean... After nine, I mean, the first nine months, the baby's like kicking and just yawning and, you know, just having a good time, just growing and moving and twisting and turning. And, and, then, and then about towards this nine months, it starts to realize, hey, 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 I'm in a restricted place here. I, I can't seem to move around like I, I, I once could. I, I, it's, it's really kind of tight in a I, I'm, I'm confined. I'm, I'm in a compact little area. I'm limited here. I, I got to get out of this space. I, it may be the right place for me at the moment, but I, I can't continue to grow in this environment I'm in. I need to make a transition. I, I need to, I, I don't care how bad it's going to hurt my mama. I don't care what. <laughs> I don't care what little tube I got to go down. I, I don't care how bloody I'm going to look when it gets done. I, I got to get out of this spot. And sometimes in life, you come to the place where God brings you, where you say to yourself, I can't hang in here anymore. I've got to get out of this place. Yeah. And as you grow in Christ, you start realizing you're outgrowing things that you've known as comfort your whole life. You start finding out that those jokes that you used to think were so funny don't seem to be funny anymore. 
And some of those people that were your closest buds, your friends that you just spent the weekends with and you four-wheeled and deer hunted with and shopped with, uh, these wonderful friends you've known for so long, now you've come to know Christ and suddenly it seems like there's not this click anymore. You're not quite getting along like you used to. The, the places you used to go to, you live to go to these places on Friday night and Saturday night. You live for these opportunities. Oh, you will work hard all week long just to go to these places and now you go and it looks like it's just shallowness in everybody's soul and the conversations are meaningless and you found Christ and they haven't and suddenly you don't fit anymore. Things aren't as comfortable as they used to be. What's going on? There's transition happening in your life and you'll never be the same again. You have been touched by the hand of God and he's saying it's time to make a transition. Transition means you've outgrown what you're accustomed to. Number two, it means that you're starting to walk into God's vision. Mm. God comes to this guy named Abraham. Talk about transition. He says, hey, Abraham, look, we're going to walk into this little uh, transition time. Here's what it's going to look like. You're going to leave your country. In fact, you're going to leave your relatives and your father's family. You're moving. You're moving out of town, out of state, and dare say out of country. And Lord, where will you take me? Well, we'll figure that out on the way. We're going to figure that out on the way. And I will bless you and make you famous, though, and you will be a blessing to others. And in fact, I'll bless those who bless you. I'm going to curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the families on the earth will be blessed through you. God is about expanding his vision. Had it not been for Abraham obeying God and willing to walk into that transition period of his life, we perhaps wouldn't have the great man of faith that we now call Abraham. And who knows what, how... Even Jesus coming to the earth would have panned out how that would have happened. God had to birth a man into the earth that believed in one God. It was, it was amazing, but, but he had to go through a transition. And when God's about to expand our vision to give us a larger inheritance, many times that's not easy. But transition means that the vision is being enlarged. As many of you know, I grew up in a small little town and Missouri, it was a farm community. I mean, I, I, I was a good country boy. I mean, I mean, I loved the country. I was a member of FFA. How many know what FFA is? <laughs> future Farmers of America. I missed it I, by one letter, not Future Pastors of America. I, I was a Future Farmer of America and, and wore my little blue jacket with pride. In fact, I was the reporter of the club. <laughs> I was in 4-H the Grassy Creek Go-Getters. Come on, somebody. <laughs> I hauled hay in the summertime. I, I bailed hay. I, I, I raised hogs. I mean, I, I, mean, I, 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 was hang, I hung around. My favorite place to hang around was an auction, livestock auction barn. It was like my favorite place. I was, the, I was a country boy. 
No doubt about it. I would look for mushrooms in the springtime. Come on. You don't know if you know about that, but in Missouri, we, springtime comes and there's these little mushrooms. You go hunting around looking for them. And you either find a mushroom or a rattlesnake. You find one of the two. But, but, but if you can find that mushroom and you fry that baby up, oh, boy, that's good eating right there. I was a country boy. But I felt like after I graduated from my high school that I didn't know quite what to do with my life, but I felt like the right thing would be to give God a year of my life and just study the Word of God and get a Bible foundation, and then I'd go from there. That was my plan. And the Bible college that I picked, which I really believed the Lord kind of led me to through a friend of a friend, was in New Orleans, Louisiana. I've never been to New Orleans, Louisiana. But it was in the United States, and that was good enough for me until I arrived in New Orleans, Louisiana. <laughs> now, if you're from New Orleans, Louisiana, I have no... Listen, I, I, I love you and I bless you, and I'm thankful that you're here. I'm not here to bash New Orleans, but how many know it's a little different than the country town in Missouri? Yeah. In fact, it wasn't just the city of New Orleans itself, but, but the, 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 the school had worked out a deal with this apartment complex where we got a special deal, a little rate. And, and, and when I went to move into this little apartment, I, I realized why we got the special deal. It was like the worst part of one of the worst parts of the town. And, and, and not only that, but it was where during that time, we had, America had taken a lot of Vietnamese refugees. And so they put all the Vietnamese refugees in this apartment complex, along with me and my, my little three little roommates. I'm living in a refugee apartment complex in New Orleans, trying to make a transition to study the Word of God. I would wake up in the middle of the night having these wonderful, I would wake up in the morning having these wonderful dreams of being back home, you know, swimming in the creek, you know, and picking up arrowheads and, and, and hauling hay or whatever. And I wake up to this sound that was foreign to me and only to find it was some Vietnamese bros outside my window trying to change an engine in their car talking in Vietnamese. I'm like, what am I doing here? This is like crazy. I remember taking my couple days into living there. I went to the school to go to class and there was a car parked on the side of the road. And, and no doubt, you know, he'd had car problems. By the time I got out of a couple of my classes, driving back to my apartment, that car was on concrete blocks, no tires on it, the hood open and the trunk open. And it would have been totally stripped. I thought to myself, where am I at? And I started, I would, I would, for two weeks, I would cry. I literally drive to my class by myself, because I wouldn't let no one see I was crying. I would cry. <laughs> God, this is terrible. This is terrible. It stinks, and the people are weird, and they mug you, and they don't like me. And now, oh my I remember going to, I mean, where I grew from, you just waved at everybody and said hello to everybody. That's where I grew up. And so I remember walking to the mall right there by the Bible. I walked in, hey, how you doing? Walked in the first couple of days, hey, how you doing? The guy looked at me and goes, I'm like, what? I kept seeing, greeting everybody, and they were like, I, suddenly it dawned on me, you don't greet people that you don't know. 
And I'm like, wow, this is a... And so I pray, oh God, oh God, I need you to deliver me. Oh God, I, I just want to go home. I just, uh, this is terrible. I just go, I don't like this transition. I don't, I don't like this. I just want to go home. And I felt like the, I didn't know the voice of God very well. But let me tell you something. I heard the voice of the Lord. What was the voice of the Lord? It was like a thought. It was a thought that I knew didn't come from me and I knew it didn't come from the devil. I knew it, it just had a peace about it. It was a thought. And the thought was this. If you want to go home, you can go home. Followed by another thought, which again was the word of the Lord to me. And you will never know what I have planned for you. If you want to go home, you can go home. But you'll never know the big world that I have waiting for you. You'll never know the relationships that I have waiting for you. You'll never know the calling upon your life that I have for you. You will go back and you will find yourself stuck in a rut with things that you're just familiar with just because you're familiar. Are you that in love with familiarity that you cannot break out of the box uh, for a little bit and just try to make a transition so I can do something with your life? Can I get a little young man to rise up and have a little guts, a little courage, a little strength about him so I can use him in the earth today? That's the transition I had to make. Just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not God. Many times the fact that you are uncomfortable and you don't like it, it is God. It's called transition. It's called God's expanding your vision. And can I just say this for the record? I got to the point where I literally loved New Orleans, strange as it may sound. Then literally I, I would go home for Christmas holidays and I, as I would drive back into New Orleans, I would be praying for it. I would see the city through God's eyes and everything changed. I would spend my Saturday nights almost every weekend down leading a team of people into the French Quarter and leading people to Jesus Christ. I would invest into this city. And the city that I didn't like when I got there became a city that I was passionate about by the time I left. And I found myself when I left that city and God moved me on to ministry into a little town in Mississippi. You know what I found myself doing? Driving on the highway, crying that I was leaving New Orleans. Isn't that crazy? What is that about, right? That's what God does. He expands your vision. Come on, brother. Number three. Transition means that I'm getting ready to go to battle. Hmm. You know, I think I might just come back to that maybe next week or in the message. Number four, transition means that where I've been is nothing compared to where I'm going. Joshua chapter three, he says, it says to the people, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have, get this, since you have never traveled this way before. Listen, the place that God wants to take you are places that you've never been before. If you're Stuck in this rut, and someone said a, a rut is nothing more than a grave with both ends knocked out. 
If you're stuck in a rut and all that you desire and all that you have room for in your life is just the old, same old things, then can I tell you that, that you need a transition in your life? Because God wants to take you to places that you've never traveled to before. And when you start embarking in that transition with strength and courage in your life, what you'll find is this thing gets really fun. I'm telling you, the journey is a lot of fun. I, I've, I've had the opportunity and privilege to lead many mission trips all across the world. And can I tell you, even to this day, the night before I go on a mission trip, I can't sleep. I show up and I put on a smile, but I am so tired and we haven't even left yet because I spent the whole night so excited about this trip I'm about to take. I'm going to someplace new. I'm going to someplace I've never been. I'm going to meet some people I've never met. I'm going to have some divine appointments. God's going to come through in a marvelous way. We're going to see miracles, signs, and wonders follow us. We're going to see the kingdom of God enlarge. We're going to have a wonderful time. I'm going to get to know my team like I've never known them before. I'm going to build some good relationships. This is going to be so much fun. I can't sleep. <laughs> and I show up and like, oh, y'all, Y'all ready? Y'all ready to go on this fun trip? I'm already exhausted. Why? Because transition means that where I'm going is nothing compared to where I've been. And number five, transition introduces me to wisdom. Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. Again, be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate turning you to the right and left, then, then you will be successful. Successful in the Hebrew language which this had been written in means to look at, to have insight, to act wisely, to ponder, and to cross the hands. To cross the hands. What, what does that mean? I was up in Branson, Missouri, and there's a place called Silver Dollar City. If you've never been there, you need to go. And we, I was sitting, they have, this, they have a, this place where they make glass, and they blow glass. And they got these long pipes, and they melt this glass into this furnace, and then they get it to the end of it, and then they start blowing, and, and, this, and, he, and he's making these beautiful, beautiful vases and pitchers and, and cups and things like that. And, and I stood there. I stood there, and I stood there like this, just watching I was in awe. I stood there for half an hour. My family was gone. I didn't even know they were gone. <laughs> Finally, one of the kids comes back after and said, Dad, Dad, come on, we got to go. We got rise to ride. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm learning something here. Right? We, we can't go. I'm, I'm, I'm getting wisdom here. You're never going to blow a glass. Come on, let's go. And I stood, there, I stood there the whole time like this. This is a sign of I'm observing, I'm looking, I'm watching, and I'm learning. And this is what this word successful means, a crossing of the hands. You're gaining wisdom. You're in a posture where you're, you're getting some things that you didn't have before. You're gaining some skills that you didn't have in your skill sets before. He says, if you will just make this transition, I promise you, you will be successful. You're going to gain wisdom. And the greatest benefit of transition is wisdom, maturity, growth, 
and insight. Listen, if you just, if you'd have stayed right where you were at when, you know, in, when you were just a small little kid, look at all the things you would have missed in your life. Now you have an opportunity to gain wisdom and all these wonderful things that you would have never known before. Every transition brings with it wisdom. That's why you have to embrace transition because I'm going to gain some things that I need. And Proverbs says, if you're going to get anything, above all things, get wisdom. He might as well have said, if you're going to do anything, you might, of all things, you need to make transitions. That's what he meant. When the worship team comes, we get ready to close with this last, last point. Transitions means that God is with me. Transitions mean that God is with me. God told Joshua in the time of transition, Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, he says, For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Transitions. It's important that we realize that we're not in this alone, that God is with us the whole time. Worship team, you can come out now, <laughs> wherever you're at. <laughs> come forth, come forth, yes. <laughs> uh, the transmission, that God is with us, that, that he hasn't abandoned <clears throat> us. In fact, even though you, you feel nervous about the transition, even though it's been a little hard and rough, even though some things haven't really panned out the way you thought they would pan out, doesn't mean that God's still not in it. It just means that, that you forgot to realize that God's still with you. It was Jesus that got, when he went to the waters of baptism, he'd been a carpenter for 30 years, right? He, he made some of the best houses and furniture or whatever that you can imagine. And he goes into the waters of baptism. A voice comes from heaven. This is my son whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. And he comes up out of the water. And in one moment, he goes from a carpenter to a Messiah. He goes from a carpenter to the son of God. He goes from, not that he wasn't, but it now begins to walk in it. He goes from a carpenter into a, 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 a redeemer. He goes from a carpenter to a saver of souls. He goes from a carpenter to a worker of miracles. He goes, he makes this transition just like that. And the Bible says he comes up out of the water and immediately the Holy Spirit joins him and leads him into the wilderness. I, he made a transition. The transition was a little rough. I mean, first thing out of the gate, becoming now walking into his new role as pastor, king, and priest, and prophet, he now faces the wilderness. It's not always easy. Transitions don't always start off easy. But listen, as you begin to walk it out, God's hand comes upon you, and you realize, I'm not in this by myself. I, I have this sense that God has given me wisdom and favor, and things are happening that I couldn't align by myself. I don't know how. I'm making appointments and meeting people. They're coming in, along and joining alongside. I couldn't have done this. By my, this has got to be God. God is truly with me. How many know? God is with you. Do you believe that? God is with you. Rachel was a preschooler. She had a 
a problem like most preschoolers do where she would wake up in the middle of the night scared and crying and it became a habit that she would come and go to bed and crawl in the bed with mom and dad and as it would have it Rachel's mom had to go on a business trip and she had to be out for a few days so the father's a little concerned what it was going to do with her not being there and the little girl so he, he said hey Rachel I, dad said I have an idea how about you know mom's going to go out of town how about tonight uh, how about I just come and I, I'll crawl up on the top bunk bed you're, you're in the bottom where you normally are but I'll crawl up the top and, and I'll sleep in, in the room with you tonight you, how about that you think that'd be cool and she goes yeah dad that, that'd be nice it's all right. So that night came, and typical time for bed, she went to her bed, the bottom bunk, and went sound asleep. A couple hours later, her father snuck into the room, and as he promised, he crawled up on the top of the bed and went to sleep. And then he had to get up early to start working on some business. So he made him, got up, didn't disturb her, and got some coffee and was working on some things and, and she woke up and came into the kitchen and he's like sweetheart I'm so proud of you. you you slept all night long you didn't wake up and you didn't cry and you just slept all night long I, I'm so proud of you yeah dad how, how come she said well, because it was because you were in the room with me he goes well that, well sweetheart I you were already asleep when I came in. I didn't make any noise, and you were asleep when I got out and left. And how did you know I was in the room with you? And she said, Daddy, because you told me you would. Because, because you said. That's all I needed, Dad, was just to hear you say, I'll be there. And I'll sleep, I'll sleep fine. Today, you need to know that God's with you. How do you know? Because he said he would be. Why don't you bow your heads with me? Prayer team, come to the front if you don't mind. I have a question for you this morning for all of us. Maybe God brought you here this morning and you know it's time for transition in your life. You have made some bad transitions, in fact. And you've wrestled with this long enough in your life. But God brought you here, and you truly believe something in your heart right now saying, I need to make a transition. I need to leave this world I've known and I need to enter into the world that he knows for me. In fact, what you really need is Jesus in your heart, in your life. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, you would, see Pastor, you would say, Pastor JP, I, I need Jesus. I need to make a transition right now, right where I'm at. I, I need to make this Sunday morning count. I need to make a commitment. I'm not going to wait tomorrow. 
not going to wait next week, but today I'm making a commitment that I am going to turn this thing around and I'm going to invite him into my heart. I'm going to let him take control of my life and I'm going to let him be the Lord of my soul and my life from this point on. I'm ready to make a transition. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right where you're at. Come on, raise your hand right where you're at. Amen. Come on, I'm making transitions. I'm making transitions. Raise it high. Come on, don't be embarrassed. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to ask you to come up front. I'm not going to. I just want to make a transition, God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Anybody else? Come on. I want, I'm going to invite Jesus into my heart right now. Come on. I'm going to invite Jesus into my heart right now. I want to pray with you right now. Those that raise your hand, I want to, I want to say a word of prayer with you right where you're at. Would you just repeat after me this prayer? If you raise your hand, maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you know it's time to make a change. You know it's time to make a change. Would you pray this prayer? In fact, can we all pray this together? Would you mind repeating after me this, this little prayer? Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you right now. I need to make a transition. So I ask you to forgive me from running from you. And I make you the king of my heart the Lord of my life. From this point on, you call the shots. Be my father. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Come on, can we give Jesus some praise for that? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're going to have some people praying with you this morning. If you prayed that prayer, we just so encourage you to walk that walk out with us. Fill out a little connect card. Put it in a little giving box. Say, I received Christ. They will get some things in the mail to you. I want to say this one more thing. If you're here this morning and you've been in transition for a while and you're in the middle of it perhaps even now and it's been a little rough for you, I believe there's a grace on our service this morning just for you. If you're, you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I, 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 need some, I need God's hand on my life and some grace in this time of transition. Would you just stand where you're at right now? Would you stand? Would you mind standing? I need, I need some prayer. I'm in transition. I need God to intervene. I need God to break through in my life. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. But we're going to agree together that these things that we just talked about are actually going to become true in your life. And you are going to leave this day and you're going to know in your heart, my God's with me. Amen? Would you just raise your hands to heaven with me right now? Sign of surrender. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, right now, for those that have stood and they're in transition, Father, we pray right now for their everyone, every soul, every life. Father, we need, we need your help. We're inviting you right now into this moment of transition. Some here right now, there's a sense of loneliness. Just You've been battling this deep loneliness. In Jesus' name, today the Lord is saying, I'm breaking the power of loneliness and despair over your life, even right now, in Jesus' name. Right now, in Jesus' name, we break the power of loneliness and despair in Jesus' name. Thank you for that. So do you have some transitions in your business? You're having to make some decisions some choices. The Lord wants you to know He's with you. And he's going to answer that prayer. You've got to make some decisions soon. 
and you're not, you don't know exactly what you need to do, you need to understand right now the Lord is telling you that He's He's going to be there. You're going to make the right decision. Don't doubt it. Don't fret about it. Don't worry about it. I am with you right here, right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. There's some transitions happening in, even in the marriage, even the marriage covenants. Serious transitions taking place. Father, I just pray over the marriages right now in Jesus' name. I pray, God, you will come in a powerful way. And Lord, the transition will be something beautiful. It will be something God honoring. It will be something, Lord God, that you you work through. And, you, and Lord God, that both parties, both spouses, Lord God, will just literally rise up and allow you to change them from the inside out in this process of transition. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for the young people here in this house. There's been so much transition going on with their lives as well, just school and what that looks like and online versus person learning and haven't hasn't been a smooth transition. And Father, I'm praying right now that you will help our students to just rise up to the occasion. And they, they will learn, Lord God, and, and they will excel, in fact, in this season that we're in. In Jesus' name, thank you. Thank you for that. So Lord, we lean into you today. We thank you that you're the God of transitions. As a church, as families, as brothers and sisters, we look to you, Lord God, to continue to lead us by your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.